Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other and maybe even you into liking what they like. This week is Haunt Me Into, the Halloween Roundtable. My name is Jeff, and one Halloween night, I found a dead black cat, put it in a pizza box, and drove it around town in my pickup truck trying to shock trick-or-treaters. I found Dan and his friends walking down the street. He was Master Shake. You were trick-or-treating. Yeah. My name is Jimmy, and I accidentally peed on my white sheet ghost costume as a child, (laughs) so my mom had to cut part of the sheet that I peed on. My name is Dan, and when I was five years old, my Uncle Blaine let me watch part of Child's Play and convinced me that one of my toys was going to come to life and kill me. That night, I cried every time my parents tried to put me to bed until they took all the toys out of my closet and left them in the hallway. (laughs) That's a good one. This is a spooky episode so far. Yeah. Uh, So, gotta clarify Jeff's a little bit. I was not Master Shake. I knew you were going to, because it was you or one of your friends. Yeah, it was a friend of mine, Caitlin, who was Master Shake. I was not planning on going trick-or-treating because I was 17 years old. Yeah, I just graduated (laughs) high school, so you were like... 17? Yeah. So we decided to go trick-or-treating last minute, so I made Halloween costume. I wore my uncle's leather duster, because he was a cool cowboy, (laughs) and a black t-shirt, and then I made a skull on the t-shirt out of masking tape, so I was the Punisher. Oh, oh, that okay. was that year. Yeah. I remember that. Uh, Before cops took it for themselves. And then, yeah, Jeff showed up in a pickup truck with uh, a dead cat in a box. <laughs> so the reason why I had a dead cat in a box. In a pizza box. And it was, it was a pizza box. I was driving to pick up a friend, and on the way to his house, I saw a perfect dead cat on the side of the road. It was a black cat, too. Perfect. So it, was, it was perfectly <laughs> preserved by nature. Um, probably recently deceased. I'm not sure. But it was a black cat, and it was Halloween. And I was like, whoa! So to clarify, not preserved at all, just not yet rotten. Right, right, yeah. So uh, I picked him up, and I told him the story. I was like, wow, there's this dead cat like right in the side of the road. It looks like he just died. And for whatever stupid reason, our my 18-year-old brain was like, let's go get it and try to scare people with it. And uh, so we drove back and I was like, I don't want to touch this and we don't have anything to put it in. There was a pizza place across the street. So we walk across the street and I asked them if they had a garbage bag. And they're like, why do you need a garbage bag? So I said, I pointed out across the street to my car that was parked with the hazard lights on. I said, that cat is my sister's cat and she's been looking for it. And I wanted (laughs) to bring it home to her, but I don't want to just like throw it in my car. And they got really sad, and they're like, uh, we don't have a garbage bag, which is f***ing weird for a... Sorry. <laughs> they didn't have a garbage bag, which is really weird for a pizza place. They're like, we can give you a box. And I was like, okay. So we go back to my truck. Uh, I put the pizza box in the bed, but we still don't want to touch the cat. So we're trying to pick it up with sticks to put it in the <laughs> box. And then all of a sudden, this like survivalist bicyclist was riding by and he's in like full bicycle gear he's like what's going on you guys need some help and i was like oh yeah this is my sister's cat and we're just trying to get a home tour but jeff doesn't have a sister i I do but she lives in new jersey and she's like 10 years older than me true Um, you didn't have a sister at home no no not in this town um and he's like oh i'll help you out he gets off his bicycle takes off his backpack puts on like these medical gloves picks up the cat puts it in the box for us then puts the box in the back of the truck and i was like this is cool now i have to go scare people with this somehow <laughs> so we were just driving around trying to show a dead cat to trick-or-treaters you're lucky you didn't get arrested i was able to vote <laughs> the next month <laughs> so i have to say this is so jeff circa 2004 2003 yeah
definitely more like 2005 <laughs> no it was 2004 oh yeah oh boy so jimmy what how old were you when you urinated <laughs> your halloween costume 22 <sighs> man that was a long time ago I think. Were you wearing the costume at the time? Yes. So I was peeing while wearing the costume, which is which. Oh, is great. I could visualize, and you sort of dropped it, and it got in the stream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're visualizing, huh? I no. Think, well, I mean, uh, it's it's not like he just stood there and just peed through through his costume. <laughs> that would be. It was an act. There was a lower yeah. hole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just. Um, I think this was back when our grandparents lived in the house right over here. Yeah, okay. over here for you guys. So, like, uh, yeah. So, this is in the what year? 2000, 2001? 2000, something like yeah. that. So, I was like seven or eight, probably. That's pretty old to be peeing your costume. <laughs> he, that's what I'm trying <laughs> to get at. It was an accident. He was peeing in the toilet, but dropped the costume into the stream. Yes. Um, I Okay. Things happen. Mistakes <laughs> happen. But, yeah, then my mom had to cut part of the sheet. <laughs> that I peed on. So I, I don't think she got all of it. I was actually considering using an alternate that regarded Jimmy and his Halloween costume fiascos over the years. Yeah. The first time I ever remember trick-or-treating with Jimmy. Oh, yeah. He was about two or three years old, and he was a Dalmatian. Yes. But refused Aww. to wear the headpiece, so it was basically just a spotted onesie. <laughs> and every time his parents tried to put him down, he cried. So my uncle Sean, his dad, had to carry him trick or treating right up to every door. He was like the ultimate little prince. <laughs> That's pretty on brand. <laughs> he could bear, it it's took every ounce of energy for him to just hold a bag open and for people to deposit candy into. Yeah, that's that sounds like me. <laughs> There's a lot of my our grandfather make, made fun of me a lot because uh, we went on a cruise on a cruise to Puerto Rico, and my grandfather says he never touched the ground in Puerto Rico. Because my dad held me the entire time. <laughs> to be fair, I was very sick on that trip. I was Jimmy very young. was known as Little Lord Fauntleroy. He was to be only <laughs> carried at all times on a, upon a pillow. Yeah, it was great. So how long did the terrors of Chucky coming to life haunt you? Not long. Luckily, I have no memory. So after, <laughs> probably after a few weeks, I didn't even remember it. But yeah, I actually remember vividly like watching it with him and like feeling even at a young age that I shouldn't be watching this, that it yeah. was too much for me. That's so similar to my brother is like a year younger than you, I think. Yeah. And we would scare the hell out of him with child's play. It got to the point where it would be like July and I would just walk by him and say, Chucky. And he would start to cry. <laughs> like he was that terrified by it. Yeah, there was a little bit of that with me too. My uncle would be like, He'd be around the corner and be like, hi, Daniel, it's me, Chucky. <laughs> but what made it even worse is I didn't get specific in my in my mention, but so if you guys have seen the original t- Child's Play, you know that that Chucky is is sort of like a uh, like a three-foot doll that's specific to boys. It's called like Best Buddy or something yep. like that, yeah. My Buddy. And I actually had what that toy was based on. Like, yeah, my cousin uh... did too. So it became very... Uh, realistic that this could happen to me because I had like that doll and my uncle knew it and he was like your buddy's going to come to life tonight when you're asleep and kill you <laughs> which looking back on it now that I'm an uncle to like a small child I would never first of all I would never show her the well, movie because we're all snowflakes now we're, we're but to go further and be like Chucky's here 
My mom was so mad. She screamed at him. <laughs> That's pretty good. I I think I've seen bits and pieces of the movie. Oh, maybe it's great. airing on TV. Um, the new ones do do, but yeah, I don't. I've, I've never seen like the full movie, but I remember. I wouldn't say it definitely. I don't think it traumatized me as a kid, but I was definitely scared. Like if I saw like a, a reproduction Chucky doll. Yeah, it freaked me out. You weren't five when you watched it and had someone pretend. I probably was. I was oh. probably close to that One of age. my cousins, though, when she was like three or four, her favorite doll was the Bride of Chucky. <laughs> it was so bizarre. That's Because she was like, it's so pretty. <laughs> That's funny. So, boys. Yeah. Fellas. We got some reviews. We do. Do we have any good ones? Yeah, we do. Oh, okay. Great. Here is a review that is called Jeff Dumb. <laughs> It was uh, left by Potato Cabbage. He did give us four stars. I'll take four stars. I'd prefer five, but four is good for a Jeff Dumb. This is what he has to say. Jeff said the lyrics. Jeff said that the lyrics of Fleet Fox's "Helplessness Blues" were boring and cliche, a mind-numbingly imbecilic statement. Hmm. How someone can come to such an opinion after listening to such a lyrically potent, emotionally complex, and thought-provoking song eludes me. In saying this, he showed heinous levels of blatant disrespect, not only to the hardworking members of acclaimed band Fleet Foxes, but to me, the listener, to my time, to the headphones I use to listen to this podcast, to himself, to music, to poetry, and to the English language. Try as I may, I can never forget the moment I heard him say this, and it makes me ill to remember. The fact that I let such nonsense enter my ears will haunt me to my grave, and I can only hope it haunts Jeff to his as well. Four stars. <laughs> I love how he just tore me apart but still gave us four stars. He makes yeah. some good points, too. No, he definitely does, and I'm glad that it, it haunts him because haunt me too, guys. It's spooky. No, but, like, I fully admitted in that episode, and I'll admit now, like, I wasn't really paying attention to the lyrics, um, especially by that point. So, you know, it's my fault, but, like, I don't know. He's not wrong. It, yeah. was, it was a great review. Have you, since reading the review, have you gone back and reread the lyrics? I did. I read the lyrics. I listened to it. I read like a forum where people were talking about it. And yeah, it, it's a well-written song, Potato okay. Cabbage. Okay. <laughs> it, it, it's a good song. I just, and, and the one time that I listened to it, I didn't get everything you got listening to it for years. I'm, I'm sorry. So but what you're saying you. is that Potato Cabbage talked you into the lyrics of Helplessness Blues. <laughs> he did. They did. <laughs> Yes. She did. Who Do we have any other any other reviews or mentions we want to read? No, not after that. Not after Jeff Dumb. Okay. If you guys want to leave a review, an email, a mention, an at that we read on the show, send it in at talkmeinto at gmail.com if you feel so inclined. If you feel so inclined. Tweet at us at talkmeinto. Leave it on our Facebook page. All those things. We'll, we'll get to them. We'll you, get could to them. you could find us. Yeah. We're there. We're out We're there. We're on Google's. The internet. So for Halloween, we're going to put a little twist on this. Oh. We're doing something. Normally, we have a little segment where we like to talk each other or talk ourselves into things. Yeah, the talk each other is the big segment. Yeah, that's <laughs> the big segment. The talking ourselves into it's the little thing that we like to do. But since it's Halloween, we're going to talk about what's spooking us this season. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. So this week, I've been playing some spooky games. Wow. Playing some video games. Very on brand. Is yeah. it that terrible one from the Game Grumps episode you no, just watched? No, PT. <laughs> yeah, that was doo-doo. Oh, man. A lot of people love that game. It's so funny. Maybe just because you don't, guys don't uh, play games 
as often but uh, i might love to play it didn't love to watch it yeah understandably so yeah i've been playing some uh some i wouldn't say horror games but definitely halloweeny games oh i've been playing they recently remastered the ghostbusters video game which oh, is uh the one from like 10 years ago yeah yeah oh dan and i played that i know you Hard, guys did Horde. yeah, yeah. that's a great game really good story the multiplayer was super fun Unfortunately, there's no multiplayer in this one. Oh. Apparently, they lost the code for it. So they have to like remake it, apparently. That's weird. Yeah, so that that's a little disappointing. Um, but yeah, I've been playing that again, and it's still a great script. Yes, yeah, it's super fun. Great. Yeah. Uh, I've been playing that. My friend Colby let me borrow a game for the PlayStation 2. It is uh, Silent Hill 2, which uh, there was a big movie franchise. Yeah, classic. Was series. it big? Well, yeah. It well, was a franchise. It, it, it was a franchise, yeah. But uh, Silent Hill 2 is actually what the movie is based off of. Um, right. I've never actually seen the movie. Um, but Silent Hill 2 is apparently a great game. I only played a little bit of it just to make sure my PlayStation 2 still worked um, because that's a very old console that I didn't put a lot of time into. Um, but yeah, so that's been fun. And I've also been replaying a game that I've been wanting to do for Talk Me Into for quite a long time. But I'm going to be pushing this off Mickey's Haunted Mansion for NES. Yes, that's it. Absolutely. But no, this game is called The Last of Us, which Uh. um, is going to be... uh, There's going to be a sequel in early 2020. So we're holding that off. Okay. I'm going to be waiting. So I have a question for you. Yeah. When you're playing these spooky video games... Yes. Do you get spooked? Uh... So far, I haven't played anything that was, like, really creepy or spooky. Um, but in sometimes, yeah, definitely. There definitely, definitely are games. You can, because when Doom 3 came out, yeah. um, I I played it in complete darkness with my surround sound turned all the way up. Yeah. And it's, like, it, it's a little creepy. That's a good one. It's creepy. There's jump scares. But it's also the tension, because, like, you don't know what's going to happen. And you're in control. It's not like a yeah. movie where you're just... Anything can happen. You, you're yeah. the one that's doing the killing. Doom so, Three is a great one, and also um, another game that's kind of like a spiritual success for, successor to Doom Three, but it has really way better mechanics. Is called Dead Space. That's oh yeah, Dead Space too. is great. Yeah, you played that. Yeah, yeah, it's one of my favorites. So really I think what you said about tension is is why I don't like scary video games. Yeah, because as I've talked about on the podcast, um, well, two things that coincide to make it a very terrible experience for me is uh. I get way too engaged in video games. Like, I get yeah. sucked in to the point where, like, it physically wreaks havoc <laughs> on my body. Well, then like, you're doing their job. Like, uh, my palms are sweating. I'm on the edge of my seat. All the muscles in my neck are just tense. And Like, and this literally happens when you're playing the Spider-Man game. Yeah. I just can't help it. <laughs> and, like, that happens. And I'm also a very anxious and anxiety-ridden person. So, to to combine those two, like, with a horror game does not sound fun to me. It's so funny that you're that way with video games because you owned the PlayStation 3 when, right when it came out. Yeah. You don't play that many video games. Like, very rarely do he I play He got it for anything. the Blu-ray feature, I think. I think that's uh, right. On. But I he also it. has a PlayStation 4, but I believe that was for Star Wars. Which I also don't play very much. <laughs> I, I really, like, bought in hard on Battlefront 2 and, like, don't play it that much. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> Jeff, what's getting you spooky this season? I'm trying to get spooky because the last few years, this isn't like a small talk me into. This is a big one. The last few years, I've been trying to get more festive. 
Yeah. Uh, especially around uh, spooky Halloween, as mentioned in the last episode with uh, my wife and I's holiday half Halloween. Yeah, I just, um, you know, for many years after, like, you stop trick-or-treating, um, I don't I don't care about it. I don't get anything out of it. It's not really fun. Well, um, you're also not a drinker, so you're not going to these big raging Halloween parties, really. Right. I mean, like also, me growing I, up in a toilet. also, I have no friends, <laughs> so um, I, I don't do that. But I don't know. It's not like I dress up for Halloween other than our holiday. Um, but it, just in general, even Christmas, um, I'm changing my mind on them. Not a Christmas guy for many years, but, you know, just trying trying to be happier in my life. I've actually watched Jeff smash Christmas presents out of, out of, uh, oh. just, just <laughs> because he felt that yep. it was the right thing to do. It happened. <laughs> it has happened. So I'm so, trying to not smash Christmas so presents. So what are you going to do this Halloween to get in the Halloween spirit? Well, uh, the last couple of years we kind of like decorated our house like Halloweeny and folly. Mm-hmm. I just realized today that we didn't do that. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> we, <laughs> we still just got time. Never thought about it. Um, I'm going to a Halloween party next week. You know, just stupid little things like that. Mm. Silly little things. I'm recording a podcast. Yeah. Oh, that's Halloween things. <laughs> Watch some uh, spooky movies. It'll get you right in the mood. We do that because my wife just loves horror movies anyway. So yeah. we've been renting just garbage movies like Annabelle Comes Home. Oh, <laughs> doo doo crawl that was doo-doo i actually have to go to the video store with you because i can't find the adams family or adams family values anywhere i'm oh, sure they're fun well, i'm sure they have but like the big ones during october because they only have like one copy of stuff kind of yeah go probably quick. like it took us a while to get annabelle comes home really <laughs> i mean that is new though well yeah i mean it just came out but it, like it's it's a bad there's move. probably a lot of bros waiting to watch that one <laughs> yo but the doll is haunted <laughs> it's like a girl chucky so we're from Connecticut, yeah, we where are. the Warrens are from. Yeah, they were. They went to our high school every single year. It was like a big thing. I never mm-hmm. went. I, I never was did like, either. I don't care about that, but it was like a big deal. And then there's like this, like billion dollar movie franchise based around them. I didn't even know about. And yeah. and what's funny is, um, I've I've actually seen the real. Um, it's like a raggedy Annabelle. Or yeah, and it's not nearly as creepy as the one in the movie. No. Hmm. It's just a generic like was raggedy Ann. Was it at the house that they had? Yeah, but I, I didn't go there. I saw it at some uh, weird like Halloween fair thing that I went oh, to. Oh, they used to bring it around? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's in a glass case that yeah. was blessed by a priest. Ooh, spooky. Yeah. So, Jeff. I'm shitting my britches. <laughs> get festive, dude. Get spooky. Get, I'm trying. I'm it's trying. Fun. I decorated my house. It's fun. Yeah, Dan, what are you... Uh... Oh, you also got to give out candy for trick-or-treaters. That's a lot of fun. All right, so the thing is, I live in a city, and they they do a thing where instead of, like, everybody going out on Halloween trick-or-treat, they, like, section off the neighborhoods, and they're like, all right, on the 30th, this neighborhood's going to go trick-or-treating. That's so lame. I hate that. Yeah, it's super lame, but, like, my wife was really into it. My landlords who lived above me were really into it. Like, they decked out the foyer. We had mm-hmm. Young Frankenstein playing. It was spooky. Like, three kids come all night. So it's not like a big thing. They have the thing at like the teen center right down the street where like that thing gets lit. (laughs) They like closed down the one way road and I had to go down the opposite way of a one way road because there were no cops directing traffic. It was so rebellious. Halloween when we were kids was always fun because uh, Dan lives in the suburban area. We would always trick or treat around here. 
It's yeah. a good neighborhood. I take Your my niece trick or treating yeah. here. Well, we would do that, and then like when it got later, and when we got a little bit older, we would go to like uh, this condo complex that would trick or treat late, and they would like give out all the stuff that other kids didn't get because <laughs> it was like this weird secluded place. Mm. But we were teenagers and we had cars. <laughs> Dan, <laughs> what are you talking to yourself into or spooking yourself into this season? Oh, I'm spooking myself into scaring myself with classy horror films. Oh, are, okay. are you getting scared by these classy horror films? Some of them. How classy? Uh, I'm talking about the prestige horror films that have come out of the last few years. Oh. So I'm talking about a movie that I took you guys to recently, Midsummer. Yep. No, you did not take me. I watched it at my house. Oh, I thought you went with us. That's No, weird. that was me, you, and Adam. Oh. And your, and your dad. Eh, Adam, Jeff, same thing. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about Hereditary. Yeah, that was really good. That's a good I'm one. I'm talking about The Witch. Mm-hmm. I saw that. that. I saw that in theaters. And very soon- I'm talking myself into The Lighthouse. Oh, yeah. That's Is that a horror soon. movie? Uh, it's creepy. It's about uh, two men trapped in a lighthouse on an island going crazy. Just two guys and we're trapped in a lighthouse so, yeah, going I, crazy I, historically, on this island. Historically, I've not been really into horror movies like the crappy ones. But that good ones are really good. Exactly. Yeah. The thing is, if it doesn't just rely on the scare, if it's also a good story, good acting, good writing, I'm all for adding a little spookiness to it. So, yeah, I've been nice. checking those out. Suspiria is another one that almost got picked for this episode but jeff was like that's a lot of movie yeah like we've done episodes on an hour and 20 minute long movie and you want to do a round table on a two and a half hour movie yeah but that might be coming because yeah maybe there's some really interesting things in these movies they have a lot to say about the human psyche mm-hmm. they're really well done and i mean anyone could get scared by a guy in a mask with a knife jumping out from around a corner <laughs> but i want to get scared by the existential terror of the meaninglessness of life cool <laughs> <laughs> that's what really scares me that's thanks true. for putting that thought in my brain <laughs> yeah those movies are are really good uh like we said we we saw midsummer um which i like hereditary better but uh i thought midsummer was was really good in some aspects it's dense. Yeah. I loved it. Jeff wasn't a huge fan of Jeff it. Didn't no, like I it. wasn't. I, I think it's overrated. Wow. Uh, I think it's <gasps> underrated. Oh, <gasps> okay, okay, fellas. <laughs> Jimmy, just join us. Never. One of us. I'm one being of possessed. Us, one of us. <laughs> yeah. So when we talked about doing a spooktacular, a horror roundtable, I decided uh, somehow we all kind of came to this conclusion without talking about it that it wouldn't be necessarily like we could have done like ugh, creepy movies, but we decided like to do fun Halloween things. Yeah. Yeah. So when I think about fun Halloween. <laughs> As much as it may not be very popular right now, I go to Roseanne. <laughs> uh, and and there's a reason for that. Like I said um, at the end of last week's episode, you know, Roseanne, the person, is not my cup of tea. I don't support her, whatever she's done, even before this latest fiasco. And now she's full-blown crazy. Yeah. But the Rosie, Roseanne sitcom from the late 80s, early 90s, it holds a, a special place in my heart because it was a TV show that looked like my family. In other it words, it looked yeah. like a lot of families, which yeah. is exactly. why it was so popular yeah. when everything else was so glossy. So when when you watch TV and everyone is like super beautiful, good looking, wealthy, 
you know, living these great lives. That's not necessarily how most of the country is. And, you know, I looked at Roseanne and saw a family that was dealing with like monetary problems, problems with kids who didn't necessarily get along with each other, uh, people who were not supermodel gorgeous, you know, things like that. And, and one other thing that they had in common with our family is that they loved Halloween. Our family did Halloween pretty big. Uh, we had Halloween parties like every year. Mm-hmm. People dressed up, even adults. Like it was a fun thing. And Roseanne always took the time to do a Halloween episode. Well, Halloween fun fact: we always did uh, fried dough. Yeah, that's always a weird thing. Maybe it's just the Italian lineage. I don't know. But I don't understand it. But we always had fried dough on Halloween. Kids go trick or treating. Adults make fried dough. It's fun. Everyone yeah. goes crazy. <laughs> so. In Roseanne, every year they did a Halloween episode where everyone joined in the Halloween fun, even the grown-ups. Yeah. And uh, it was cool. It was like Treehouse of Horrors from The Simpsons. Yeah, those were my favorite Halloween things. Yeah, but with real people. And, uh, you know, they sort of stood by themselves. They Sometimes they played into, like, the larger arc of what was happening in the seasons. But sometimes they were just sort of a standalone episode that dealt with, like, trick-or-treating or, mm. you know, things like that. Did Roseanne have arcs? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, more so than maybe other sitcoms of the time. Yeah, there um, was like over, you know, overarching things like in one season. Uh, I didn't Be- know that. Becky moved in with her boyfriend and, yeah. and she wasn't talking to her parents and things like that. Mm. So, okay. yeah, there were certainly like episodic like stuff, but there was overarching themes to each season. Mm. And uh, but like I said, they, they always took time out to have like a fun, upbeat Halloween episode because when you say they took time out to have fun episodes i mean this is this is a sitcom there's jokes in it but this show also got really dark a lot of times in weird too, um, especially at the end yeah because it did deal with which is a reason why it was so popular dealt with like real stuff too yeah which is kind of weird in retrospect to think of like roseanne who was the showrunner i assume at the time she obviously had a big say in it as she's the title character mm-hmm. um just this crazy lady having these really emotional episodes um yeah. and you know, I noticed it as a kid, but I guess like think I haven't watched the show since I was a kid, but I do remember a lot of like these pretty intense things. Yeah. And she show. and they weren't like the idyllic American family, like they were sort of dysfunctional and mm-hmm. she would like talk to her kids how real people do. Like she would be sarcastic with them and like go back at them when they were arguing with her. And so she wasn't June Cleaver. So like I said, but these Halloween episodes definitely stand out as like a strong suit of the series. So. I'm asking you guys to check out three episodes from the early years of Roseanne. They didn't do a Halloween episode in the first season. So I'm asking you to check out episode seven of season two, which is entitled Boo. It oh, came, you scared me. Came out on Halloween. October. This episode sure is spooky. Yeah, it came Boo. Ah! It came out on October 31st, it again. 1989. Um, I'm asking you to watch the seventh episode of the third season, which is called Trick or Treat. Came out on October 30th, 1990. And the sixth episode of the fourth season, which is called Trick Me Up, Trick Me Down, came on came out on October 29th, 1991. And these episodes are available. They were all available on Hulu, but since Roseanne let the world know that she's a horrible person, they were removed from Hulu. They are, for some reason, up on Amazon Prime. Well, because <laughs> Jeff Bezos is a real good guy. Yeah, That's I'm sure why. he's just like, whatever, makes money. <laughs> yeah. So check those three episodes out and... And that's what I'm going to be talking you guys into as part of our roundtable. Jeff. Yes. Do you want to go next or do we want Jimmy to go next? I don't know. You want to fight each other for it? <laughs> Get oiled up. 
and fight ooh, each other. Ooh, I'll go. I'll go. It doesn't matter. Um, I'm going to talk you into a three song EP by a band called Reliant K that came out in October 2016. Um, Jimmy, do you know anything about this band? Nope, nothing. Dan, do you know anything about this band? I thought I did, and and I don't think I do now. <laughs> okay, well, uh, short short history of my uh, interaction with this band is that they were, they started out in like the late 90s, but their first album came out in 2000, a Christian pop punk band. They were like- Oh, I do know them a little bit then. Yeah, they were like Blink-182, but without swears. Yeah. Um, you know, they had some uh, religious lyrics, but they were also silly and punny mm. and just just a fun band. And uh, I saw them a couple times at some Christian music festivals, Rock which on. could be a whole other episode because <laughs> there are some crazy stories from those teenage Christian years. Um, and th- and then they came out with another album, uh, The Anatomy of Tongue and Cheek, which I really enjoyed. But around that time, I think it was right before the second album, they released the Creepy EP in 2001, which had two songs from their upcoming album, an acoustic version of one of the songs from their first album, then like two other random songs, but nothing Halloween themed, nothing weird, just called the Creepy EP. Okay. And it's like a little drawing of a guy dressed up like a ghost with no pee on his uh, <laughs> towel. <laughs> Towel. And, she, she, and it was it was like a parody of their upcoming album cover. And I remember having to like seek that out. It was in a cardboard sleeve. I had to seek it out at this Christian <laughs> festival because I couldn't find it to buy anywhere. You couldn't download it because like it was 2001 and it was a weird EP from some weird label called Goatee Records. Um, and then I kind of like lost track of them. They changed uh, stylistically. Currently, the band is only made up of two members which were in the band the whole time. And they've gone through a slew of member changes. They've had like six members at times and, and they have like 11 albums or something crazy, but I don't really know anything else. And I went to revisit them a couple of years ago and I found this, uh, which is called the creepier EP year because <laughs> the creepy EP it's creepier. Yeah. EP year. Um, and I thought it was interesting to see, um, how they've changed musically over the years. And, it was just a fun like Halloween EP. Mm. Three quick songs. Um, it's on Spotify. I'm sure you could find it anywhere else. Uh, it's pretty pretty easy to find. It's on YouTube, I believe. So we're just gonna listen to those three songs and uh, see if you guys like them. Okay. Well, I have the last one, and this one uh, strikes home a little bit because it's our friend Ian wrote a comic. Yes. Called Tomb of the White Horse. Uh, which was a Kickstarter that we plugged on our show a long time ago. And um, I was really interested in it because um, I like Ian as a person. I think he's pretty funny. I think he's a cool guy. But as a writer, he's shit. <laughs> to be honest, I don't think I've read anything that <laughs> no, he, he he's, wrote. No, he's good. I've read all um, of his stuff. But um, I was interested in the concept. So um, basically, he did a Kickstarter, like I said, it's called Tomb of the White Horse. And um, we're going to talk about it after we read it, and uh, obviously, but uh, we don't know a lot. We know it's a, a horror horror comic. Right? Yes, we we know that it's a horror comic, and uh, it's going to get a little spooky, a little Ooh, creepy. Spooky. Yeah. Um, the one thing I will say, and we'll talk more about this when we get there. This is going to be kind of like a talk me into first. We're not going to spoil it. Yeah. We're going to review it, but without spoilers because it's such a. Not it's not a short comic. It's like thirty to forty pages. Yeah. But because it's just one thing, and it's 
a Kickstarter project that's becoming available now. We don't want to give away anything because if what we talk about sounds good to you, we want you to go get it. Yeah. And read it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to read it and uh, hopefully I'll talk Ian's other friends into it. I hope they like it. (laughs) So uh, just going off again, uh, we're going to be reading Tomb of the White Horse. Jeff, what are we going to be listening to? Reliant K's The Creepier EPer, And then Dan, what are we going to be watching? We are watching three of the Roseanne Halloween episodes, season two, episode seven, season three, episode seven, and season four, episode six. Where is that? So keep it locked. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I don't know why that popped into my Sound effects, explosion, (laughs) fart sound. Spooky! Oh boy. Was that too much? <laughs> A little bit, but Sorry, it's fine. <laughs> All right. So, the first episode of Rosen that Dan wanted to watch. Yeah. Dan called, Rosen. It's called Boo. Boo. Oh. <laughs> this episode really is scary. Um, All right. So. I don't have too much to say about this episode. Like Dan said, it's kind of just like light-hearted Halloween stuff. Um, I'm sure everybody's at least familiar with the characters of Roseanne, so we don't have to explain who Dan is, yeah. who Darlene is. Yeah. Um, so th- this episode, the entire, uh, the ma- the A story, I suppose, is Dan and Roseanne are trying to out-prank and scare each other. Yeah. Throughout the episode. According to Wikipedia, they want to find out who is the spookiest. <laughs> yeah. No, that can be none more spooky. Um, I don't. I don't think that there's much substance here. It's pretty just like basic on the surface, sarcastic jokes trying to yeah. outscare each other. I will say the feeling that this does give is definitely nostalgic, and not just because I never watched Roseanne, especially as a kid. Um, but this did definitely bring me back to watching those Halloween specials on TV. Yeah, and and this was one of the first ones to do it. That's why Jeff yeah. says there's not a lot of content in this first one. The content is that it's a Halloween episode. Yeah, that yeah. was really it. Yeah. You do see some fun pranks in this, though. I like when Roseanne teases out her hair and sticks her hand in the toaster oven to yeah. try to convince Dan that she's being electrocuted. Yeah, it's pretty fun. And then he pretends that um, he's, like, scared, but really he just didn't want burnt toast. Yeah. <laughs> there was one pretty decent joke that did actually make me LOL. Um, I think Roseanne was trying to explain Halloween. I don't remember to who, but um, somebody asked, uh, why did the dead come back? Because she says, like, Halloween's about the dead coming back or whatever. And then Roseanne said, the candy, there's no chocolate in hell. <laughs> that made me LOL. I thought that was pretty good. So um, the B storyline of this is that Becky, the eldest child. She did not get invited to a party. Yeah, and she's not into halloween anymore she's too grown up for it yeah. she's like eight or whatever yeah <laughs> no, she's probably like 12 so roseanne and dan are trying to get her back into halloween yeah is this the one where the businessman comes yes at the end so dan is bidding on a job he's like a carpenter yeah, he's, he's a like sheet a rock or something yeah. and he's bidding on a job and he's waiting to find out if uh if the guy is gonna hire him basically and the guy happens to swing by on halloween night convenient yeah. Yeah, when everybody's trick or treating and in costumes and they have like a haunted house going on. Yeah. And uh Rose Dan leaves the room for some reason, I forget why, and Roseanne works out with the guy 
like oh dan got the job but it was like so simple it was like hey do you like pranks and he's like yeah and she's like just go with me yeah okay that's kind of weird <laughs> i mean i get it they're constrained for time and it's network tv yeah but yeah. she made it pretty obvious what she yeah. was doing she was basically started being like super rude to the guy and and dan was standing there freaking out that she was gonna ruin this job for him and stuff and the guy was like i don't know it was fun yeah, it, it was, was definitely a fun episode. What better way to scare a working class family <laughs> than to imagine that he's losing money, losing his job? Yeah, that's so terrifying. I, I get the episode, but it's still not really funny, even by Roseanne standards. You didn't think some of these gags um, were funny when Dan cut himself, quote unquote, in the garage and he comes running in? It's fine. It's not like funny, though. Like, I get it. It's, it's I didn't cute. Yeah, it's cute, but it's not funny. Well, sometimes you need a little cute in your life. <laughs> Why can't it be cute and funny? Like Jimmy. Oh, thanks, man. What about some of the what about some of the costumes we saw in this episode? They were good. I mean, like at the end when he dressed up like Jason, uh, that was good. Well, we also saw uh this is the episode I believe oh, I'm I'm mixing that bump. I know I'm gonna say the wrong thing. Uh is this the one where Darlene is full of knives? Yes. Yes. Okay. And at one point when Becky finally does get into the ho- holiday, she's wearing the gruesome murdered flight attendant costume, isn't she? That might have been the next episode. Oh. Whatever. Oh, no, it was that one with the missing arm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that was this one. And this is the one, too, where they do the, like, haunted house. Yeah, and, uh, I do like the banter between uh, Becky and Darlene. Yeah, they're they, fun. They've always been the best characters on and the And that's show, why I, I watched the Connors, because Roseanne was the worst part of Roseanne. <laughs> you're not wrong and seeing becky and darlene go at each other as 40 year olds is still pretty funny yeah um and i also love the scene of like jackie underneath the table when they lift the cloche off yeah that and her great. head is oh, there yeah that would scare the crap out of me if i was a little kid in some well, yeah i mean house. it definitely reminds me of like going to haunted houses when i was a kid yeah which i don't think people do anymore no people that was used like to thing. be able like, to do that yeah i just thought that <laughs> oh i'm not experiencing this because i'm grown up now but like it people don't do that so quick aside my grandmother on my paternal side of the family, we called her Gant. It was a made-up word. I was literally about to tell this story. Oh, you know the one? Well, I don't know the story, but I was about to say that every time that we would come over here for trick-or-treating, she would always invite us in and like give us cookies. Yeah, so Gant <laughs> like, had a very soft place in her heart for Halloween, and in like the 60s, when you could do this type of thing... This is what they did, what Roseanne did. She would like have kids walk in her front door. It would all be decorated spooky, you know, fog machine. I all remember that doing stuff. that when I was like 12. Well, here's where it was even more cool. When they got into the kitchen, they didn't get like a little piece of candy. She had homemade like Halloween goodies, like cookies, yeah. popcorn balls, a whole spread, like legit real good. She was a, she was a cook. Yeah. And then they would go out the back door. And like literally like in the 80s, people stopped letting their kids go into her house and take like homemade food. So she she wasn't able to do it anymore. But for like our family members, like Jimmy's re- recalling, yeah. like they would still be invited and given like special treats. That's really funny because one of the stories that persists in my family after my grandparents have gone is that one time in the late 90s, my cousin and his friend, they were going trick or treating and they stopped at my grandma's house and they were both wearing costumes with masks. She had no idea who they were. And she opened up the door. They didn't say anything. They walked in and just sat at her kitchen table. <laughs> like that was they. They just wanted to see if they would. She would let them in, and she did. And she just <laughs> like let them in. And it was like five minutes before she just let these 
strange kids sit <laughs> in her house before they took off their mask and it, it became a thing because everyone in the family like my aunt was like you just let these kids in your house well you don't know like the parents could you know it's old school though yeah but it's it's funny that is funny so you guys want to talk what you thought about this episode you want to do save that till the end yeah let's we'll save it till the end yeah. it's only three episodes all right yeah. so the second episode trick or treat season three episode seven this one is might be a little ahead of its time it's very um socially relevant relevant now it's in yeah. the cultural zeitgeist yes or because it's spooky the cultural poltergeist i thought you were gonna say the polter the cultural frightgeist oh that would have been good that would have been even better oh damn it dan <laughs> Want to just cut this out and then put that in? No, no, I don't. They have to hear the errors of my ways. Um, DJ dresses like a witch, and Dan says that's only for girls. Yeah, yeah. and that's kind of the whole episode. And well, there's also the other storyline. Well, is no, also a gender. Well, yeah, the whole episode is a gender swap because yeah. Roseanne dresses like a man and then gets into some hijinks. Yeah, and I remember this episode as a child because her as a man is the most frightening very thing funny. I've seen. Oh, I think it's TV. hysterical. It's, it's very funny. funny. It is. This was a lot funnier than the previous episode. Agreed. And it also gives opportunity for people to make fun of her for being fat without it being weird because they're not making fun of a woman they're just yeah. calling yeah. like a guy like chubbo and stuff but they kept calling her like buddy yeah, pal. yeah. it was just so so cringy but i like, mean was, she kind of looks like a weird little yeah, short so, creepy guy so roseanne dresses up just like a, a guy who's like a hunter like a has trucker a, yeah has a beard yeah. you know flannel hat. trucker hat and their car breaks down and her and her sister jackie are at this local bar where they know some people and they don't know some people and everybody mistakes her for a guy and she goes with it because it's well it's funny. great though because that wasn't her plan they were on their way to a halloween party and they're just stuck the car breaks down yeah. and and she doesn't initially like oh like oh let's mess with these people it's the bartender's like what do you have buddy and she's <laughs> then she starts to get into it yeah yeah and she's like going up to these guys who are braggadocio and just knocking them down it was very funny it was the type of humor that i remember roseanne the show having um while watching it and it's it's what i think stood out um when it was on the air because you know it's like all in the family did this kind of humor before she's not the first one yeah. seinfeld was running concurrently it's not like she was breaking any comedy boundaries but it wasn't as common as it is now, so it did stand out. And it was very popular back then, and I do remember this type of humor. This kind of, like, almost shock jock kind of humor. Yeah. There's some good one-liners in this there one, are. too. I like when uh, she's like, I'm going to go in the men's room. And Jackie's like, you can't do that. And she's like, don't worry. I'm going to go update your phone number on the wall. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and one. then she was like, uh, you know, she'll pay for my drink. And then she leans over and in a very feminine voice goes, I forgot my purse in the car. <laughs> yeah. But she looks just like this buff dude. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. It was Yeah, like, it was definitely a funny, funny episode. And it had a message and it was kind of corny. Like Dan was just like, I guess you're right. You could be a witch. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. Um, let's sort of get to how this whole scenario ends is she ends up like making so many like kind of like bitchy comments about this one dude who's in the bar that he wants to fight her thinking that she's a man and just in the nick of time dan, dan walks in up. and like oh yeah that was very funny he's like this is my husband you mess with him you gotta <laughs> mess with me and the guy's like okay and he's just like not into messing with dan yeah and then uh so we get some fun costumes in this one too dan's three stooges three costume is so I, epic it's memorable too yeah I, I remember that that's and, a good one. Uh, uh, Darlene's costume was pretty good, too. The with little the chest alien. burster? Yeah. That was fun. It was a fun episode all around. Yeah. It was good. So then we get to the third episode. Trick Me Up, Trick Me Down from the fourth season, episode six, 
Yeah. So this one has, it's sort of like a cold open where um, they, uh, Roseanne and Dan are pulling a prank on their neighbor. I don't remember what the neighbor's name. The neighbor's name is Kathy. Kathy, okay. Classic Kathy. Yeah. So, um, and, and this is part of an overarching story like we had talked oh, is about. It? So they had this neighbor, these neighbors that moved in this family and they were sort of like the more traditional sitcom family, like mm. happy, had more money, their house was nicer. Makes and, sense. Uh, she was a little snooty to her, towards Roseanne, so Roseanne was constantly trying to one up Kathy. Okay, so that yeah, they pull a prank, basically making it look like Roseanne bludgeoned uh, Dan, and uh, was like he had, cutting up his guts and stuff. Yeah, which was funny, humorous. It was silly because who would believe that? Yeah, especially around Halloween. But it was it was funny. Yeah. So basically, um, after that, they end up going to the same Halloween party. I think it's like. The same party that they went to in the previous episode. I'm not completely yeah, sure. Yeah, Dan is a member of some sort of social club. They don't really get into the details, but they just call it the Lodge. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I don't remember what else happened. Oh, so they, they're they like in this competition thing. It's sort of like a costume contest. Yeah, and they have they, a pretty they had a really good costume. costume. Yeah. Um, I don't know if like real people would have made that but like on the show it was good it was a ventriloquist and dummy yeah um two costume ventriloquist and yeah dummy. it was funny yeah and it's some clever basically names. roseanne spends the night worried that kathy is going to get her back yeah which which she wouldn't because she's that's just like not a her type person. of person <laughs> yeah and the b storyline running through this is that roseanne's sister jackie is lonely and she's sort of on the prowl and she ends up meeting a guy in a moose costume. George Clooney. Yeah, which yeah, turned out to be weird. her ex-boyfriend, played by George Clooney. Cause he was, Pre-fame. Yeah, he was an original cast member in season one. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. And, uh, yeah, hilarity ensues. I thought the best part of this episode was the theme song that had the organ at the end. Yeah. <laughs> it was like panning across pumpkins, and they redid the theme song, which I think is one of the best sitcom theme songs of all time. Yeah. It's really good. Until they ruin it in the last season with lyrics. Yeah, you told me that, and I don't remember <laughs> that. Um, I don't know. I thought this episode was kind of a stinker. A stinker? Yeah, it wasn't It was the weakest it. out of the three. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was fun, though. Uh, it was fine. It was watchable. We got some good costumes in this yeah. one. Yeah. So I guess some overall thoughts about um I would say Roseanne in in general because I didn't watch Roseanne especially as a kid. Um I've seen a few episodes here and there like if you were rewatching it for like the fourth time uh which is actually true. I'm pretty sure you are on like season like number 4 or 5 of watching Roseanne. Probably um, more like 3. Okay. Still Sorry. A lot of watches. <laughs> a lot um, of Roseanne watching. To be honest, I'm not a huge fan of Roseanne. Um I get the comedy um, I don't think it's for me specifically. I get maybe if I watched it as a kid, I probably would have appreciated it. Yeah, there's more. a lot of nostalgia watching these for me. I could feel that. I, I can. I understand why Dan likes it, especially when he watched it as a kid. Um, for Halloween episodes, I would say they were pretty good. Um, like I said, I used to watch the Treehouse of Horror episodes. Those are like usually my mainstay for Halloween stuff. Yeah, around the season. And we talked about possibly doing that but we all like treehouse of horror yeah we all like the simpsons great um so yeah i would say that these halloween episodes were pretty good jeff what about you yeah i mean they were nostalgic yeah they were fine it wasn't to me it's not groundbreaking like i said people did it before people have done it better um i will say like dan said roseanne's my least favorite part of the show the supporting cast like john goodman's just 
yeah, he's great a fantastic actor and he was great in this and the kids are hilarious in this as well yeah and, and let's not forget i'm not asking you guys to become big roseanne fans right you're just yeah. asking about the halloween episode yeah i'm like if saying, we'll rewatch these if we'll watch the other exactly. ones because what there's like five more or something you know you talked about wanting to get in the halloween spirit will you go home and flip it on for Lindsay? you know watch a couple right. while you're trick-or-treating yeah. or whatever mm. so i want to find out jeff and jimmy oh. did i talk you into roseanne's halloween episodes no. yes oh split, split decision yeah it's just there's so much better halloween stuff and funnier stuff i could watch like i got the nostalgia especially the second episode which i vividly remember mm-hmm. um i get it it's just that's not very good i mean even though like i watched roseanne when it was on i wasn't a huge fan i was a little too young for it it was just like it was everywhere because you know we didn't have cable for a lot of the years of my youth a lot of people mm-hmm. didn't at that time you just watch what's on one of the 12 channels and yeah. Roseanne was on and you just watched it and like if you went over like your aunt's house she was watching it because she liked it and it was that time it mm-hmm. was on um I don't, I don't know I just don't feel like I ever need to rewatch these episodes and I'm not curious about the other ones oh. <laughs> yeah it wasn't huge on this but I definitely feel the the Halloween feels from this it's fun yeah it's definitely super fun um it's not awful i just yeah eh. i totally get that to be honest of after initially rewatching or initially watching them i was a no but as i'm talking about it and as i kind of feel the feel the feels um i definitely yes i would definitely see me see myself flipping on a different halloween episode it's fun like like we talked about previously I'm not really going to get scared by like slasher stuff. So what mm-hmm. I want from Halloween is like fun Halloween. Yeah. Like the Adams family, things like that. Right. Things that are creepy, mm-hmm. but fun. Adams family is a fun one. I think this fits right in there. It's like, like I said, I'll, I'll be trick, you know, handing out candy for trick or treaters and have these on in the background. And yeah, it's fun. Yeah. My mom walked in cause she was coming in to pick up her mail or whatever. She was like, Are you watching Roseanne? <laughs> she was very confused. It's like, it's I get a lot of those questions too. too. She's like, what are you doing this for? And I'm like the podcast. She's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> Um, Reliant K. Yeah. The creepier EP year. Who wants to kick this one off with the Halloween blues? Um, I'll talk a little about, I mean, first off, I wanted to mention that this is not what I expected at all. Right. It's, it's different than, I don't know what you've heard before, but it's probably just a little bit from like when you were in high school. Yeah. When I was really into them. And I thought that they were just like a generic pop punk band that was sort of like Christian. That's pretty much what they were. I think yeah. that they were better than a lot of pop punk bands, Christian or not. Um, but yeah. So when the Halloween blues came on, I was pretty surprised by like the fun, like bluesy nature, like piano driven yeah. music. They like grew up and stuff. And there's yeah. like a lot of albums in the middle. And the singer's pretty good. Um, I like this track. I thought it was a, it was a nice mixture of like sounding a little bit spooky and eerie right. without going over the top with cliches like organ and theremin and stuff like that. And I'm sure there's some musical theory stuff behind it that I don't understand, but like it has a Halloween feel to it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I love the general feel of this song. Um, the uh, the piano at the very end, you can definitely hear. I think it's the the, the music theory aspect of it is that it's, it's literally a... Um, uh, what is it? It's a second, right? It's like right after. Yeah, it's diminished. A note. Yeah, it's a diminished second. Um, so that's supposed to sound a little off, um, but definitely very Halloweeny. 
Um, but it's also it doesn't push it super far. Like I think as this no, you can goes listen to this on, whenever. Yeah, I think it gets more Halloween. And I think this one reminds me of like autumn a little bit more. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it, it kind of like picks up. Like he starts off kind of slower and mm-hmm. uh, vocally and lyrically, he yeah. picks up. And even the lyrics, they're like they're pretty cliche and corny, but they're appropriate yeah. to the theme. Yeah. Well, because the music isn't over the top, so the lyrics can right. go a little further. Yeah. So then we get to the cup, and yo, yes. I want a bing- Butterfinger cup because I was like, Jimmy's gonna love this song. I don't know why, but. <laughs> Just a fun, yeah. happy song about candy. So yeah. Reliant K has a very popular like secret song called Combos and Skittles. Cool. It was just like, this is when they were just like straight up pop punk and they just had a piano only and it was the lead singer Matt Thiessen singing about his love of Combos and Skittles. Oh, and combos I remember so like gross. going to see them and people bringing and throwing Combos and Skittles. It was a <laughs> great, great marketing play because they just yeah. got free candy and free snacks. Mm, there's a like, lot of awesome. candy mentioned in here. There is. And, yeah. and it's just an irreverent love song to not just butterfinger cups but like just candy it's just classic punny reliant k lyrics even the title of this ep is very punny what i really like about them lyrically is they have puns throughout their career album titles song titles in the lyrics very funny yeah i thought the song the general feel of the song was super fun and we had talked about um, some other like Halloween music, and not a lot of it actually dives into candy, which for kids is a huge yeah. part of Halloween. Yeah. So I thought it was kind of an interesting territory to, to go into. Yeah, and, I should go get some candy. And like, it's usually upbeat, but it's still like spooky somehow. It's like a happy, spooky song. Yeah, I'm like curious Monster what, um, Yeah, I'm curious what key it's in, because I think that has a lot to do with it. This one didn't seem as Halloween musically to me. Mm. The next one, though. The next one is yeah, very Halloween musically. Yeah. Halloween in Owatonna, which I had to look up, is in Minnesota. Yeah. And, well, I'll let you guys take this one. Well, first off, to talk about what you were getting into with the name, I also had to look it up. For some reason, it sounded Canadian to me. But Well, I thought it was like I a Pennsylvania, Ohio thing because they're from Canton, Ohio, which is like in that like mm. Western PA, yeah. Eastern Ohio area. But apparently this Owatonna in Minnesota has a big halloween like parade and festival oh. and, stuff. and apparently the lead singer of owl city is from there and I don't they, know what that is a band they did that song firefly or something fireflies like, year like 10 years ago really bad I pop song believe your eyes of 10 million fireflies the world you don't remember that song no i don't know it oh it's from like 2000 it's in a weird alpoca it's a bad song but it's it was a popular band and they've toured together so they're like Uh, friends so apparently this song is about him trying to like spook out and murder the lead singer (laughs) of that band which i didn't know i just thought it was like him trying to pull a prank i didn't get the owatana part but i'll let you guys continue yeah i thought the lyrics were super fun like talking about how what he's gonna do he's gonna stand over your bed revving a chainsaw like that's yeah. pretty terrifying yeah he's gonna skip trick-or-treating because he wants to prank you yeah yeah no i thought that was super fun and the music definitely definitely felt the halloween feel yeah, it's such a short song too it's like a minute and a half yeah very short but like it's very halloweeny and like his vocal performance when he's doing the ooh, it's, yeah. it's spooky it's werewolfy yeah. And yeah. that like sort of backwards drum beat, deca, 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 it just like propels the song forward. It kind of reminded me, this song most reminded me of like the Misfits, which is a big like spooky punk band. Mm. I mean, it, it's not full on punk, but it's got that driving beat. It has some power chords in the background, I believe. Yeah. I liked it. This is my favorite one of the, of the EP. All right, guys. This was a short one. <laughs> but did I talk you into Reliant K's creepier EP or... 
Yes. I did it again. I mean, it's pretty easy to be talked into like seven minutes worth of music. Yeah. Well, I didn't know if you guys were going to like it because it's kind of like, it's kind of it. weird. It I figured fun. you guys would. Yeah, it's very fun. That's why I like it. And I forgot that I have this seven inch. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I know. I saw you post it on Instagram. Yeah, I'm like, they, wow, um, he's really invested in this. Well, no, like, because <laughs> uh, I, I bought a couple records the other day and as I was putting them away, I have three Reliant K seven inches because the, the record label put out like the series was like 12 seven inches throughout their career so there's like three songs from their first album um three songs from the spooky ep and three songs from this i bought those three because those are the ones i like yeah um i don't really know a huge chunk of their um discography so about the ones i'm familiar with there's still one more i wanted to buy from anatomy of tongue and cheek that i think was sold out at the time mm. but they're just like in these cardboard sleeves stickers really cool vinyl it was smoky nice yeah yeah it's really good so I'll definitely throw that on again um, before Halloween's over. Yeah, I will be very soon, probably this week, constructing a Halloween playlist to be played for trick-or-treaters, and this is going to be on there. It's definitely good. It's fun, and uh, you know, going into it, I didn't expect it to be like this. I thought it was going to be sort of like a Blink-182 Halloween thing. if you like this type of music, they also have a Christmas album that I recommend listening to, Mm -hmm. and their 12 Days of Christmas song is on point. Okay. It's really good. All right. So then we get on to the very last. Ooh, I'm but, excited uh, for this one. Yeah. So this one is our friend Ian wrote a comic called Tomb of the White Horse. Yeah. And it wasn't just uh, him as well. Jeff, I believe you have the credits up if you'd like to I read I do them have the off. credits. Uh, Ian Mondrick wrote it. He's our friend at Ian underscore face on Twitter. Uh, the art is by Benjamin Philby at B-A-E Philby. Colors by Leslie Atlansky at L Atlansky. Letters by Zach Sam uh, at Zach Sam. That's Z A K K S A A M. Danny Lore was the script editor at Weird Dogs, which is funny. W E R E D A W G Z. Cover art by Kim Myatt at Y S V Y R I. And a special thanks to Tony Keaton. I don't know what the thanks is for, but I'm sure he helped out, so I would yeah. like to thank him as well. And we should, before we get into it, we should talk about availability. So so Jimmy mentioned that this is part of a Kickstarter. Yes, this was originally a Kickstarter, and I believe it's going to be available on his website to purchase. Yeah, so in November, debuting at Thought Bubble, which is a convention in the UK, I believe the artist is from the UK, um, it'll be available there, so if you're in the uk and listening to this podcast which is unlikely check it out um go there we do have some uk listeners oh cool yeah and it's gonna be on ian's website soon thereafter we don't have that information right now but it will be available for you to buy if you did not kickstart it so the safest course of action is to follow ian underscore face on twitter yeah yeah shoot him a shoot him a message and buy this comic so I'm going to give a, a little bit of a synopsis of the thing without spoiling it at all, um, because we want people to read this because it's a friend. We want to support him. Um, so the general premise of the thing is that an enormous package shows up to a courier service and um, the workers uh, get curious, basically, about. Um, and uh, so they open it up and a bunch of uh, very old Bibles come pouring out and then it's revealed to um there's like this big it's like a safe yeah well it's like a big safe and by the way we should say that it shows up at the courier service but it's like unmarked it's not in other words it's not like a a normal thing it's not supposed to be delivered the one credit that i think ian accidentally left out of his comic was to thank me 
No, I'm just kidding about that. No, but when he started to write this, he, knowing that I worked in warehouses for years, called me up and we had a conversation about like warehouses because this is going to be a big part of his story. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I told him certain things about pallets, like what they looked like, how they were stacked, like the black wrap that goes around it is a real thing that exists. Some things are light sensitive or some things need a certain kind of wrap. It's like almost like a plastic cling wrap, right? Yeah, it's basically like imagine saran wrap, but like 200 times bigger. Yeah, we had to wrap that up in in, uh, Walmart when I worked there. Yeah, so they they do have this, and he just asked like little things like that. So I mean, he was working on this for a while, and I'm I'm really glad to see it in its complete form because I've you know I knew the outline of this years ago, mm-hmm. um, but but I also I do like how he got to, having worked in warehouses and me having told him like some stuff about what goes on in warehouses. He really got the vibe of like a late night warehouse down. Yeah, and you know I never worked like super late night, but I worked with a lot of lazy people, uh, including myself at hmm. times. And this is kind of the vibe. They kind of like, yeah, there's rules. You want to be safe. You don't want to get hurt. But you're also just like curious and don't really care because a lot of warehouse workers are underpaid and they don't give a shit about (laughs) like things like if they see something weird come in, they're going to look like we got weird stuff misshipped to us all the time. We got books. So like Mm -hmm. a, a pallet of Bibles being shipped to somewhere that doesn't sell or doesn't store or doesn't transfer Bibles isn't unheard of. Yeah. Freight gets lost just like letters do. It happens. Especially yeah. with no markings on There's one marking on this palette, which seems like some kind of code. Yeah. And so, you know, we don't want to get too spoilery, but the safe type thing, vault thing arrives and there's a keypad and they think maybe they should enter that code and that'll unlock it and uh, some spooky stuff ensues. Yeah. So just general opinions about the comic. Um, I really love the art. I thought the art was really well done. It is. All of all of the steps everything about the art is great yeah yeah uh really good art really good coloring shading was on point i really like the style of it too yeah there's some some creepy things coming up that have to do with like possession yeah and i think the way that that's depicted is is done really well i like to see tran- the transformations that the characters undergo as they experience you know contact with this item and things like that um you could definitely see the way this evil nature is transforming characters. I thought the uh, the formatting of the issue was really well done too, especially like on those big full splash like pages. Like the, the layout of the panels, you mean? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was paced really well too. Yeah. Back to the art though, like like Dan said, some creepy stuff happens. It's really there's some really gory stuff in here, really mm-hmm. grotesque stuff, like body horror stuff and but there's also it's really highly detailed and there's a lot of emotion in the characters faces yeah i've read a not a lot of horror comics but i've read enough to where certain artists have certain styles and like if they do gory or bloody like they're good at that Mm -hmm. but like the characters might lack depth lack personality yeah um that's not the case here this is kind of like we talked about the six gun on this uh, podcast before we had a whole episode about mm-hmm. it it's like that you have you can convey all this emotion with the faces but also have this like this gory stuff like in the six gun i when, agree when i thought when the, the hand got cut off and there's like all this weird stuff going on and there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of stuff in darkness happening too there's shadows and silhouettes and you see these bodies and like these weird things going on and reminds me of the thing yes mm-hmm. i was gonna get to that too i it's definitely inspired by the thing and the colors are great too because a lot of horror books for some reason i was thinking about 30 days of night when mm-hmm. this is going on like if you read that it's kind of just like 
black, well, white, gray, and then like stark reds, and like that's sepia it. tone. Yeah, yeah, and kind of just like it seems like that seems like cheap horror. Yeah, um, art, but this was like. It's comic booky. It's bright where it needs to be. Yeah. And then as soon as the colors change, you know, like this well, is this is good. And let's speak to one decision that was really must have been made early on. Um, that I think is really powerful to what Jeff's speaking is that I'm assuming it was Ian made the decision that the depiction of the evil entity would not be a big black blob. Like, right. I yeah. don't want to get into it, but let's just say. It defies a lot of horror cliches. I know. I want to talk about it so bad because it's I very loved unique. It. Yeah. I yeah. absolutely loved it. And it was just unnerving. Yeah. And also you you had talked about sort of um, the one dimensional one dimensionality of characters in horror fiction. Um, like basically they're there to be the villain or the hero or mm. a body count. Yeah. And this like really goes beyond that. Ian did a great job of hinting at greater backstories within yeah. pretty much all these characters it's a pretty tight storyline there's like a few there's, pages there's three main characters yeah um yeah with very limited time and space yeah you get a lot and some of those pages uh the art style changes yeah and it's it's beautiful yeah it's that's great. what i was talking about before so i really hope there's more of this to come because i'm invested there's a lot <laughs> literally there's a lot that could go down with these characters yeah this is one issue but it's not the end this yeah. is this is the jumping off jumping on point yeah um of a hopefully a long story to come yeah well sounds like you guys like it unless you have any overall <laughs> i'm so thoughts. glad i liked it because like oh, i know because if i didn't i have to be like yeah my friend made this comic and it's really good but like it it is really good this is i've read a lot of his other work before and i do love his other art or his other work but this is my favorite thing that he's written. Oh. Well, and you're like the closest to Ian out of all of us. Yeah. So it would have been really awkward because if it was bad, <laughs> I would have trashed it. <laughs> no, I wouldn't have trashed it, but I would have been like, hey, you know, Ian's cool. Well, this, this is also this great. is also really long. A lot of the other things I've read from, you know, they're they're shorter pieces. They're yeah, like he's worked as part pages. of anthologies. Yeah, and he's stuff. been in anthologies and some other stuff. And and I like him and they're all different crazy styles. Um, You should definitely go find him on twitter and mm. get, i know he's worked on some the of the good fight stuff. there's been a few other things so well i do have a question for you guys even though it seems a little obvious at this point never know but i had talked you guys into tomb of the white horse yes, yes. Yeah. jimmy did you talk yourself into tomb of the white horse oh yeah it was yeah, really it's, good it's pretty easy i liked it a um, lot it, it was so good and this is so this is like obviously um self-released but it is in no way amateur. Like this is a professional yeah. comic. This oh, is yeah. this is a I would have been blown away comic. by this if Ian wasn't our friends. Like I've, I thought it was really good. I've paid so much money on so many worse <laughs> garbage comics. Like this is good. Yeah. yeah. And it made me mad that it ended on a cliffhanger. Oh, yeah. like, I want more. Yeah. So everyone needs to support Ian and support this thing so that there can be a lot more made yeah. in a timely manner. And he's not paying us to say this, by the way. No, no. that's the, FYI. the funny part is, too, when we came up with uh, me into yeah. uh, Dan was like, we should get that on here. So, like, I yeah. had to ask him, like, the PDF just got finished, like, yeah. two days before we recorded. It was not much time. Yeah. yeah. Like, we, we had talked about doing this for a long time. And, you know, I'm like, hey, man, can you send that over? We have to record soon. <laughs> and, like. You know, I'm sure that he's, yeah, he's put years of his life into this, and I'm like, we want to talk yeah. about it. <laughs> the thing is, he asked us as friends to put the promo for the Kickstarter, yeah. and that was where it ended. Like, we could have yeah. just done that, but we were interested. 
I think it fits the haunt me into perfectly. It's, oh, for sure. It's so good too because like I'm so excited. Even to get though the physical. it's it gets really dark and like gross, yeah. and spooky, it's still light enough to enjoy just regularly. Like you don't yeah. have to just read this in October. Yeah, um, it's really good. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'm really excited to get the physical copy of this. Yeah, it's definitely going to be read a lot. They came in. I saw he tweeted a box. I the saw other day. that too. Yeah, we're about to exciting. go. Exciting. Well, very exciting. Yeah. Well, it's a fun, it's a little spooky episode for you guys. So that was the sound of a ghost in my house. (laughs) There was a real ghost. Yeah. yeah, Because I don't see it, but I heard the sound. Yeah. So we hope you all, all of you guys have a really good Halloween. But before we get to that, we do have to promote the next episode, which is. Do we? We don't have to do anything. I'm going to do it anyway. Do it, dad. I don't care. You're not my real dad. I'm excited about this one because it's something that I've been trying to talk Dan into for a few years at least. And I think this is on like the original concepts of the podcast when we started talking about like what we could talk each other into. Yeah. Jimmy has been wanting to. Yeah. So I'm going to be trying to talk Dan and Jeff into the hit animated sitcom Rick and Morty. Okay. So um, this is, I wouldn't say it's a, it's definitely not a direct parody of Back to the Future, but that's how it started. We'll get more into that next week. But um, it's basically a very irrever- irreverent um, sort of concept where uh, this boy and his grandfather, who happens to be kind of a mad scientist, travels dimensions, goes to different universes, travels through time, does all kinds of zany stuff. And it's all backed by two really big people uh, creatively, uh, Justin Roiland, who is sort of the creator, and then Dan Harmon, which kind of is the production aspect of Are it. Are they big because of this uh, or prior? Justin Roiland definitely built up uh, because of Rick and Morty. Dan Harmon was known for doing community prior. Oh, yeah. Um, so that was Dan Harmon's big thing back in the day. Uh, Justin Roiland definitely did have a bunch of like, he had a cult following, I would say. But as Rick and Morty grew, he definitely shot the hell up. Um, but yeah, I think Rick and Morty is a great show. Um, there's definitely some controversy uh, about the fan base that we can get into a little bit next week. But um, I think the show stands on itself. I think it's a really good show. Very well written. Um, very fun concepts for TV shows. Cool. And you're going to have the episodes in the show notes of this uh, episode? We're going to do the first six episodes. First six. They're half hour episodes. They're okay, pretty short. That's fine. Where yeah. where can we view these? Uh, they're on Hulu. Okay. Yes. First six episodes of the, fir- of the Hulu, first the season. Hulu, the streaming app. Hulu, the streaming app. Okay. Yes. Not the Hula Hoop. Okay. Oh. I, I, have I was a, thinking the Hula Hoop. I have a Hula Hoop that I put soap in and blow bubbles with. Yeah. Or Ooh. if you just spin it really fast and cross your eyes, you can see images. Okay. So <laughs> Hulu, the streaming app. I'll remember that. Yes. So give those a watch. And uh, we're going to be talking about it next week and spoiling all six of those episodes. They are um, serialistic. You do need to watch them in order. Oh, so, um, that's interesting for a yeah animated like sitcom. This. Yeah. So in the meantime, Dan, where can people find the show online? You can find us at talkmeinto.com. You can find us on Twitter at talkmeinto. You can email us at talkmeinto at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, all that good stuff. How about you personally? Where can people find you? Oh, me you? personally? Is you that what you're personally, asking? Oh, yeah. me personally? I can be found on Twitter under the name Danny underscore breakdown. 
Jeff, how about you? You can find me on Twitter at J-E-F-F-F-F-F-27 or on Instagram at Large Hard on Collider. Jimmy, where can people find you on the internet? They can find me at Son of a Fitch, S-O-N-N-A-V-A-F-I-T-C-H on Twitter and Instagram. Maybe I'll be posting some old Halloween pics up there. Oh, that would be so good. Yeah, we should do that. I don't have any. Before we finish up, what are you guys' favorite Halloween costumes you've done? Dan, you go first. Oh, we're on the spot here. My f- my favorite is really bad. It was the year after the cat costume. Same kind of thing, because... I was like 19, but I still had some friends in high that school. That wasn't a costume, by the way. That was a dead cat in a pizza box. <laughs> no, I'm saying the year after. I'm, I'm telling a story. You said the cat costume. Did I say costume? Yes, yeah, you did. I, I didn't mean that. I wasn't the dead cat. Did you wear cat. the dead cat after we left you? A la Tom Green. The year after the dead cat in the box, um, I had some friends, again, that were dressed up and like trick-or-treating. They were still too old, but I was like, hey, let's go do this. And I didn't have a costume, so I went in my trunk and pulled things out. And for some reason, I had a cross. And for some reason... This I, well, was a good one. Yeah. I had like space goggles, and that reason is because I saw the Phenomenauts at Toad's Place, which is like <laughs> this weird band that was like space themed and i had like these goggles so i put those on and i had the cross and then i went trick-or-treating and some lady right around the corner from where we are now is like what are you supposed to be and i said i'm the pastor not <laughs> and i got candy the following as, year as a 19 year old bearded man <laughs> the following year jeff wore a cardboard cutout of bernie Mac's face oh yeah with a ner- ninja turtles bandana around it and said that he was the bernie Mac attack <laughs> and i just kept saying bernie, bernie Mac, Mac, bernie bernie Mac, Mac attack. and i would hit things with a donatello uh bow staff that made sound when nice. it came into contact with things i think that was the last time i trick-or-treated at 20 <laughs> So I think my favorite Halloween costume of all time is a lot less weird than that. Uh, I was I was the werewolf as a kid, and my mom did an mm. excellent makeup job, so I didn't have to wear a mask. That's a fun one. She painted one fur time. On me. I pulled my brother in like a red flyer wagon, and he fell out and got a really bad bruise like the week before Halloween on his eye. So my mom incorporated that into a costume and made him a pirate. That's pretty. That's pretty dope. So my favorite is, we've talked about it before, but Dan and I dressed up as the Blues Brothers for Halloween. That is a good one. That that was a fun one because we had a lot of preparation for one night. And, like, we didn't do, we, like, prepared songs and stuff. Yeah. We were singing. Well, let's preface this. Hold on. We weren't just normal, like, two, you know, boys or teenagers (laughs) or men. I'm significantly older than Jimmy. Yeah, he's eight eight years older than me. So do you remember what years it was? It was 2001. So I was 14. I was six. And we were the Blues Brothers, so it was <laughs> yeah. pretty funny to see this little kid. Yeah. Can I take back my past or not? <laughs> yeah. Because but- that was the last time I trick-or-treated. The last time I actually wore a costume, though, was at a party as an adult. This is still going back like seven or eight years. I think I know what this one is. Um, and I was like, you know what? Halloween's a holiday where the ladies can get sexy and the guys have to get spooked. But how come the guys can't get sexy either? So, well, and they would take any costume and put the word sexy in front that, of it. That's the yeah. whole joke. Like, I'm a sexy cop. Well, you're just you're just wearing a, a cop in hot <laughs> pants. Yeah, that but I want I want something that elicits terror and is also sexy. So I went as uh, the sexy Unabomber. And what my costume was, was I had a hoodie and I cut <laughs> off the torso part. So I just had sleeves and a hood and I wore that. And um, man panties, which I just found at Walmart. 
um, and aviator sunglasses. And I had a big old box from the USPS, and those are my two packages hanging out. Can and we was, post that on Twitter? Oh, I, I think it's on the internet. It's like on my Facebook. I think that all week on our Twitter account, we'll be tweeting out pictures of us in Halloween costumes. That yeah, and I, I had a very long beard. Now I should have shaved the beard and just kept the mustache, like the <laughs> real, the real Ted Kaczynski. But uh, I didn't want to shave my beard, so that is actually my favorite and most disgusting, <laughs> terrifying Halloween costume. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we haunt you into next? It's a little chilly, chilly. boy. You are wearing only a short sleeve shirt. No, actually, I don't know why I did that sound. (laughs) Cool. Very comfortable. Want me to start this off? Molded by it. You simply abducted Roseanne. So you want me to? <laughs> I was born with it. You want me to bring us back? Yeah. I'm good. I'm just waiting. Yeah. For some reason, I don't remember what happened in the first episode of the Roseanne that we watched. <laughs> oh, I remember man. the other two way more. I think I was doing homework while I was watching that one. Cool. <laughs> well, you guys fill in more on that one. I don't remember. I'll start it the off. The first right. one. I'll, I'll let let me come in.